0: This podcast is made possible by listeners like you. To support The Quest and being able to produce more local programming, please visit thequestatlanta.com and click the Donate button. Thank
1: you for your generosity. We hope you enjoy the Book of Esther podcast series.
0: proclaim my word in partnership with am 1160 the quest your atlanta catholic radio i am linda sharnhorst here with carrie allen from proclaim my word and annie porter production manager from the quest atlanta and we are excited to dive into lesson one entitled a godly person is chosen now this is not your typical bible study because the book of Esther is anything but typical there are many twists and turns and together we will dig into the scriptures Today, we will be talking about Mordecai's dream, a spoiled assassination attempt, Esther's special assignment, what it means to try to live a godly life, and what we all wrestle with the age old question how to trust God in all circumstances. We have a lot to cover, so let's prepare ourselves by praying the opening prayer found in your Be Who God Created workbook. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Father, I desire to know you, to love you, and to serve you. Always be with me, Lord. Open my heart to hear and live your word today and every day. Help me to keep your word forever in my heart, so my personal relationship with your son, Jesus Christ, will grow ever deeper. I pray for the wisdom and courage to proclaim the gospel with confidence, so others will be led to you and your gift of salvation. Let the light of my love for you be seen so that others will be drawn to your love and mercy. May I have the wisdom to do your will and to follow you on earth as my Lord and Savior until I return to you. Thank you, Lord, for all the many ways you continue to bless me and those I love. Prepare me for whatever the future may bring. Help me daily to walk by faith and not by sight, ever willing to proclaim your word and your marvelous deeds. Bless me with faith and courage to trust and obey you at all times. When I walk through the dark valleys, give me the grace to know that you are always with me and always hear my prayers. Help me to persevere, Lord, as I wait with hope to spend eternity with you. My trust is in you, Jesus, forever and ever. Amen. Amen. So the title of our lesson today is A Godly Person is Chosen. You know, Briefly, as we learned last week, Esther is a very young and beautiful Jewish girl living in Susa, the pagan capital of Persia. She lives with her uncle Mordecai, who raised her as she was orphaned at a very early age. Now, the reigning king at the time really has a hard name to pronounce. <laughs> <laughs> so it, the kind of anglicized way is King Ahasuerus, which is probably what we'll be using. And you don't want to come to me for any um, language primer or anything like that. But I think it's Ahasuerus is more of the Hebrew. So you might hear both. Or in Greek, he was also known as King Xerxes. So We know that we're going to get into a lot about how we can use what we learn in scripture, but it's good to start off with sort of a beginning about Esther. So, Carrie, could I turn it over to you, and then you could let us know how Esther
1: begins, please? Sure, sure. Esther uh, begins with chapter A. Um, It's a little different format in Esther because there are two versions. The Greek version of the book of Esther that we talked about last week, remember that the Greek version mentions the presence of God whereas the Hebrew version does not. God is never mentioned in the Hebrew version, which I find very interesting, Mm -hmm. and I think we'll learn more about a little later. But chapter 8 opens with Esther's uncle, Mordecai, who served in the king's court. He had a very disturbing and confusing dream that he didn't understand, and he won't be able to interpret his dream or understand it until much later in the book. But his dream was about a time of great tribulation, evil and confusion. And it's about a battle between two dragons. But when the people cried out to God in his dream, he saved them from evil. He saved them from the evil one's plot to destroy them. So we're going to see how uh, Mordecai's dream was prophetic, and that we're going to see how the story unfolds after that. Sounds like we're jumping right in. So
0: (laughs) Carrie, is there a message for us
1: in Mordecai's dream that we could use today? I I definitely think there's a message message for us today. And that's, we are also living in confusing and challenging times. Mm -hmm. And Mordecai's dream reminds us that when we're living in confusing and tough times, how important it is to cry out to God, to cry out to him, knowing and trusting that he will protect us and save us no matter what happens. I truly believe that we are living in a time when God wants more than anything, what He wants from each one of us right now is to trust Him and not live in fear. Mm. No matter what we see happening in our world or in our lives right now, He wants us to surrender to Him and to trust Him and to know that just as He was working behind the scenes in Esther. He is also working behind the scenes for each one of us right now to accomplish His will, to accomplish His good purpose. In the Hebrew version of Esther, God may appear to be invisible, Linda, Mm -hmm. but He may seem to be invisible to you and I also. Mm -hmm. But in your life right now and in my life, I need to remember two things about God. He is infinitely wise and all-powerful. He is infinitely wise and all-powerful. But most importantly, he can be trusted, and he is the one who is in control of the world and of our life. Amen.
0: So, Carrie, I'm with you. I am believing all that you're <laughs> saying. But how do we trust God? It's one of those things that kind of just seems like it's on the easier said than done. So what can we do to help t- really trust God in the moment when we don't feel like trusting? It doesn't seem like it's a very secure situation.
1: Well, you're right. That is easier said than done. And it's a tough question, Linda. But I think this is what it takes. Sometimes it takes looking back Mm. to see where God has been in your life, realizing that he was there for you all the time, and that he knows what you're going through. So that you can begin knowing and trusting that going forward, he will also be there for you. Being in the word of God right now, as we are Mm -hmm. as we are now, will also help us to understand and know that God is, God is a faithful God. And he's always trustworthy. Whether you feel his presence or not, Mm -hmm. it's important to know and believe that he's right there with you. I think this might be one of the main reasons his name is never mentioned in the Hebrew version of Esther, to help us know that no matter what, he is with us behind the scenes. And through the Holy Spirit, He is leading and guiding us in the right direction. But this is the thing. You have to want to go in the right direction. You have to spend time with him, listening to him, praying to him, with him, and surrendering your will for his will. When you don't know what to do, I would suggest go to him and say, Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. And say it, until you believe it. Even a hundred times, Carrie. Yeah, even a hundred times, a hundred <laughs> times, a hundred. <laughs> Hopefully the book of Esther will help you understand that God is working behind the scenes in your life right now for your good. Mm. Trusting God is how we are protected.
0: Oh, wait a second, Carrie, on that. Okay. Okay. So tr- trusting God is how we are protected. Right. I love that. Right. Open it up it- a little bit for us.
1: Okay, well, as Psalm 37 5 says, commit your plans to the Lord and trust that he will act. Mm -hmm. Commit your plans to the Lord and trust that he will act. So how
0: do we commit our plans? Like real time, like on the playing field of life, how do we commit
1: our plans? By giving them to him, by being willing to have your plans changed Mm. by him, by not fearing or becoming disillusioned when you see him changing your plans, but trusting in him that he is doing it to help you, to prosper you, and to bring good into your life. Mm. And this is what we're going to see uh, exactly what happened when what Mordecai did and how he helped Esther do the same thing by trusting God. So the question, Linda, I think is for us and for our listeners is, so what are your plans? mm what what are your plans have you ever thought about writing them down and giving them to the lord and saying i'm i'm giving this to you i trust that you will act upon them lord now that takes a lot of faith mm-hmm. that takes a lot of faith absolutely so the question is do you trust him enough to let him change your plans to bless you and not harm you if you remember what jeremiah 29:11 says his He plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. Hmm. I love that. I do too. That's a great one.
0: I I love that. So a question before, I want to go kind of look at other examples in the Bible, but if you have plans, say you write them down, you go to prayer and you just say, here you go, whether it be in your journal, you know, write it down, right, right. give it to them. And then things start to change. And it's in our humanness, our natural flesh. It's like, Ugh, t- you know, cause maybe you made other decisions based on hoping that one piece of that plan would come to bear uh-huh. and it doesn't. Uh-huh. So then we just, what do we do then? I say, we're really not happy about the change. <laughs> do we just go back to them and tell them how we feel? What do we do? <laughs>
1: Well, I wouldn't go back and tell him to change them, but, uh, (laughs) um, I would, uh, ask him, Lord, is this really from you? I want to do your will. Mm. And, um, if this is not from you, then, uh, give me a confirmation some way, mm-hmm. but, um, if this is from you, then give me the courage and the strength to go forward. Mm-hmm.
0: I love and that. Will. I love that Carrie, because the one prayer that I, a prayer I always use, but I hadn't thought about it in this context till we're talking uh-huh. right now mm-hmm. is I always say, Lord, if this is from you, open the door so wide that I can't possibly not Find my way to that door and get through it exactly. And if it's not from you, close it close so tight, door. put so many deadbolts on that thing that I cannot enter, no matter how much I, in my humanness or in my wrong thinking, want to go through it. Right. So that's what. It's. Open door, I'm all in. You know, <laughs> closed door, don't go there. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. So that's, okay. So that's that's really good. That's exactly right. Okay. So so, care, I want to step it in a little different direction. So like when you look at the Bible. Obviously, the they there's people who say that the whole story of the Bible is, do you trust me? You know, do right. you trust the Lord? Right. And so there are many times where God seems to have intervened when mm-hmm. things seemed mm-hmm. rather hopeless. Mm-hmm. And we definitely see it looks a little dire in the story here, but... W- Is there another time in the Bible where things looked hopeless and God intervened that you kind of felt like a favorite story or something that sort of brings you hope and encouragement during those times that are struggling for you in your life when you're not certain which way to go?
1: Yes, I do have one uh, particular story that that I like. And it's a story in Genesis about Joseph and Mm. his brothers who plotted to kill him because they were jealous of him. Mm. But And again, I think this is God working behind the scenes, but they decided not to kill him. Mm -hmm. They decided just to throw him in a well, Mm -hmm. assuming that he would die there. But again, God had other plans. Mm -hmm. Joseph was rescued and he was taken to Egypt. And after some time in prison, he became a trusted friend of Egypt's Pharaoh, who then placed him in charge of the palace. Mm -hmm. And later, Joseph encountered his brothers, the ones who originally tried to harm him. But when he encountered them, he he had no malice towards them. He told them, have no fear. Can I take the place of God? Mm. Even though you meant harm to me, God meant it for good to achieve his present end, the survival of many people. And that's from Genesis 50 verse 12. I'm
0: sorry, verse 20. Thank you. That's a great one. Even though you meant harm to me, God meant it for good to achieve its present end.
1: Right. I think that's important to remember when people think that something is out there trying to harm them. Um, God can change any circumstance. Mm -hmm. So Joseph, like Esther, was chosen for a special assignment. You know, whether you're aware of it or not, Linda, God has chosen you and me for a special assignment just as he chose Joseph and Esther. Mm -hmm. He will point us in the right direction and he'll give us all the grace we need to do his will. But you have to be willing to let him direct your plans. (laughs) Yep. We don't know what Mordecai's and Esther's plans were. We're not told in this book what they were, but whatever they were, God's plan was better, not just for them, but also for the uh, country of the nation of Israel. Mm-hmm. So at this time, Esther had no idea God had chosen her to be queen to help save the Jews. She, she has no idea of what's going on. The message here is that God can take any situation in your life mm-hmm. and turn it into a blessing, a blessing not only for you, but also for others. And even even though you may have no idea what God is doing with your life right now, There's one thing you can know for sure is that he will not abandon you and he will never fail to keep his promises, Mm -hmm. his love and his mercy for you endures forever. As he promised in Deuteronomy 31 verse eight, when he said, it is the Lord who marches before you. He will be with you and will never fail you or forsake you. So do not fear or be dismayed. Hmm.
0: You know, Carrie, when you said about uh, Mordecai and Esther had plans, right. it's uh, sometimes I don't think about that. The people in the Bible, cause we have a busy, you know, calendar and all, you know, on our computer, all the things we need to do on a certain day. And right. you don't think about that for the characters in the Bible, but it's true. They had plans, Joseph had plans ideas of how they thought their life life would go and then all of a sudden things change. So right. I, I really like your reference to assignment because I think a lot of us struggle with what's my purpose in life what does God right. want me to do what right. if I miss it am I too slow am I too fast my head is scheduled behind schedule and I like assignment because assignment sort of breaks it down to something right. much more manageable right right and we can see assignment you could have a hundred assignments that's right you know That's right. and of course of some big goal that you have um we can think that way so um you want to tell me more about assignments? What, what, any thoughts you have about that? So sure, we can keep sure. that in our minds?
1: This is how I look at it, Linda. God had a purpose for sending His Son Jesus Christ to die on the cross to bring us salvation. Mm-hmm. That was God's purpose for sending His Son to bring us salvation, and through our baptism and our commitment to Jesus Christ, we. Each one of us have been given an assignment to help build the kingdom. Mm. We are not baptized just for ourselves. That's when you say that, I, I just
0: have not really thought about that. I always thought you know, that's just something we have to do as Christians. We're supposed to do is get baptized. Right. Mm-hmm. But and but we're not baptized just for ourselves. That's right.
1: And That's I think it
0: open that up a little bit for us.
1: Okay. When we're baptized, we are baptized into the family of God. Mm-hmm. And we have been chosen to help bring our family into his kingdom. Now, I don't mean just our immediate family. Mm-hmm. When I say family, I mean all Christians. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. It's, each, it's up to each one of us to help discern our assignment from God, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. It will bless you and it will bless others. And it's important to know whatever God assigns you to do, he will give you the grace that you need to do it. Just as he gave Esther and Mordecai the grace that they needed to help save Israel. Mm -hmm. So
0: Carrie, switching up the gears a little bit. So I know you briefly mentioned this before. So what's going on in the beginning of the Hebrew version that never mentions God's name? Mm -hmm, And mm -hmm. why do you think it's not mentioned? I know you've mentioned a little bit like he's behind the scenes sort of the master Mm -hmm, plan, but... mm -hmm.
1: Thoughts on that? Yeah, I believe that God's name is intentionally not mentioned in this book because he wanted them and maybe even more so us Mm -hmm. to know that even when we don't think he hears our prayers or knows what's going on in our lives, he's there working behind the scenes on our behalf. I think it's very important to remember throughout this study that no matter what happens in your life, he is right there with you. doesn't matter if you don't feel him, if you don't sense him, mm-hmm. it, it doesn't matter. He's right there with you. Mm-hmm.
0: So, it's important just to call out to him and to, for us to re-presence ourselves that he is there, even though we can't see. Yeah, I think that's
1: called faith.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's the short, short version <laughs> of faith. You're right, exactly. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, in, in chapter one of the Hebrew version of Esther, is when we are now introduced to King Ahasuerus, who, who's throwing a six-month-long festival or party for his officers and his ministers as well as the nobles and the governors of the provinces in that area oh there's a lot of liquor and royal wine uh, (laughs) that was being shared at this 180 day party the king loved to display his wealth and his possessions and that also included showing off his beautiful wife queen vashti so can you tell us a little bit about queen vashti something about her well it's believed that Vashti was the great-granddaughter of King Nebuchadnezzar II of Babylon and the daughter of the king, Belshazzar, making her a Babylonian. Okay, so then
0: back to this party. So it's a six-month party. It's Mm -hmm. coming to an end, and sort of things go a little bit crazy at the end.
1: (laughs) So in the last seven days of the party, the king and the other attendees were now quite inebriated. At that point, the king sent his eunuchs to tell the queen, Queen Vashti, that he wanted her to join him at his party, and she was to wear her crown. Now, Queen Vashti was very beautiful, and it was the king's desire to display her beauty as one of his possessions to all of the men and the officials at this lavish party. But that didn't happen. Mm. And to everyone's surprise, Vashti refused to attend his party. So why did, he, why did she refuse? Well, it doesn't say why, uh, we're not told why she refused, but it was very unusual for a queen to refuse a request from a king. But some scholars speculate that she may have been requested to attend the party, wearing her crown to show her natural beauty. And that she refused out of fear of what might happen to her being around all these several inebriated men. Again, that's just speculation, but for whatever reason, it infuriated the king. And fear that the wives in Susa would look with contempt on their husbands, the king divorced Vashti, and legally she was forbidden to ever enter the presence of the king and was banished forever from the land.
0: Hmm. So that's like kind of one of the many ironies in this book is right, that right. she was Babylonian. Now she's in exile right. or potentially worse. We don't really know. <laughs> right, um, right. Do you think this is an example of God working behind the scenes to bless Israel? No
1: doubt. No doubt about it. Because now without Queen Vashti, the position is open for the king to choose a new queen for Persia, all part of God's plan. King Ahasuerus was authorized to do just that. He was authorized to find a new queen, but first he had to get over his anger at Vashti. So this is where Esther comes into the story. Mm -hmm. Remember now, Mordecai and Esther were both Jewish, taken captive by the Babylonians, exiled from Jerusalem, and they now voluntarily lived in the pagan land of Persia. When Esther was orphaned, Mordecai raised her as his own daughter and became her foster father. Now the king was no longer angry, so he began looking for a beautiful virgin to become his new queen, and the whole process took about a year. The one who pleased him the most would be chosen to be the queen of Persia. Now, King Ahasuerus was about 40 years old at the time, and he ordered several young virgins to be brought to him. Esther was one of those young virgins, presented to him as a possible new queen. So why did this process
0: take so long? Well, he got rid of Vashti pretty quickly. Right, so right, <laughs> why did it take right, so right. long?
1: Well, it's believed that he interviewed over 100 young virgins for the position before he found one that truly pleased him. As you can imagine, that would take a little time. It was a real beauty contest where beautiful virgins from throughout the country were chosen to spend an evening with the king. And the one most pleasing to him would replace Vashti. Esther was one of those young virgins presented to the king as uh, his possible new queen. And it said that she was beautiful and lovely to behold. She above all the others pleased the king and won his favor. She was the one who would become the new queen of the Persian Empire. Again, God working behind the scenes. Mm.
0: Yeah, so we know why the king would pick Esther, because she was very beautiful, apparently. But why do you think God
1: chose Esther? Mm, Good question. I believe he chose her because she was a very pious, godly young woman who was obedient to her foster father, and her foster father was also a pious, godly man, obedient to his God. Mm. Esther was chosen not only by the king of Persia to be his queen, but more importantly, she was chosen by our Lord, the king of kings, for his good purpose and for his will. So I love that the king of kings. So
0: it puts sort of the order that king Hazarus had a lot of power, but
1: nothing compared to nothing nothing compared Yeah, The Mm -hmm. king of kings was above everybody. Mm -hmm. So God, as we can see, is clearly working behind the scenes to accomplish a greater good through Esther by making her queen of Persia. So at this point, Mordecai advised Esther not to reveal her Jewish nationality or her background to the king or anyone else. I can just imagine that Esther is wondering why she, of all people, was chosen to be queen. My guess is that it wasn't something she desired or even wanted. Nevertheless, she was humble and obedient. Even though she didn't understand God's purpose in choosing her to be queen of a pagan nation, she trusted him. Haven't you ever wondered what God is doing in your life and why? Why is he allowing something that you hadn't planned on to interrupt your life. Hmm.
0: I've definitely had that experience, Carrie. Um, I wanted I wanted to ask you, though, personally, just have you had an experience where you felt like you're going along in the plan of life that you had, and then all of a sudden God interrupted with something? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah,
1: yeah, definitely. You've heard me mention a couple of times, for, uh, well, you will hear me mention from time to time a period in my life when I didn't um, trust God. And I wasn't particularly happy about having my perfectly planned life disrupted. Several years ago, it became apparent that my husband and I would be called to raise our four grandchildren, who ranged at the time from 11 months to six and a half years old. I didn't understand what God was doing at that time. And if I was going to be honest, I didn't trust that he knew what he was doing giving us four children to raise (laughs) in our ages. In fact, I told my husband at one time, I think this might be God's first mistake. (laughs) And uh, he must have me confused with somebody else. As I said before, sometimes we have to look back in our lives to see that God was there all the time, working behind the scenes, blessing us, and giving us the grace to do whatever he was asking of us. I'm not going to sit here and tell you that it was a stroll in the park, It was one of the most difficult times in my life. But when I look back, Mm. I can see it was one of the greatest blessings in my life. Many times, as I have looked back, I've wondered how in the world was I able to survive that time. And I know now that it was only by the grace of God. And it's important. That's why it's important to look back and see where God has been for you all the time. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't trade raising those four beautiful children for anything. But there was one thing I wish that I had done differently. What was that? And that was I wish I had trusted God and believed that his plan was better than mine. A plan that was meant to bless me, which he certainly did and continues to do through these now grown children. Mm.
0: So that's, that's a wonderful story, Carrie. So do you tell me, do you have a moment that during that back in that time, like just kind of go back your mind when you sort of had that first profound experience that you knew, you knew that you knew that you knew that this was part of God's plan for you.
1: Right, 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 right. I do. Um, Before they came to live with us, something uh, happened. It was about a year before we knew that they would come to live with Bob and I. Several times I went to the Adoration Chapel and I, I kept hearing in my mind the same psalm, Psalm 113, verse nine, Hmm. and it says, he gives the childless wife a home, the joyful mother of children, hallelujah. (laughs) I didn't have a clue what that meant Hmm. or what he was trying to tell me. It wasn't until the four children came to live with us that I realized what he was preparing me for. And I didn't know whether to laugh or cry.
0: (laughs) (laughs) That's a great story. Great example. And it is a wonderful example of kind of how the word of God guides us, but also helps us know him better and his will for us. Mm -hmm. So thanks for sharing Mm -hmm. that. So Mm -hmm. what do you think God wants from you and me and those listening right now from
1: hearing this? Well, I think what God wants from you and me and those listening right now is to let go, Mm. to let go of what we're trying to hold on to and hold on to him.
0: I love that. That's a good image. (laughs) Mm -hmm, Like holding mm -hmm. on to the crucifix, Mm -hmm, holding on to to the
1: crucifix. He wants us to trust him and to seek his will for our lives through prayer, obedience and listening to the Holy Spirit. If you really want to increase your trust in God, he will give you the strength and the courage to know and do his will. He wants you to be in a trusting relationship with him and with his son, Jesus Christ. But you have to be willing to surrender everything to him. And that's not always easy. You have to surrender your plans, your dreams, your desires. God had a plan for Esther and she was obedient. Hmm. I believe she must have been prayerful. And we'll hear more about that in a later chapter. Mordecai. Her foster father must have also been a very prayerful man who listened to the Holy Spirit. And he also guided Esther to do the same. Mm-hmm. Mordecai was extremely important to Esther. Mm-hmm. God gave her the courage and the strength that she needed to do his will. She willingly, even though fearfully, she willingly surrendered her life to him. Just as Mary, the mother of God, the queen of heaven, surrendered everything to our Lord. Mm -hmm. And we'll see later how Esther intercedes to help God's children, just as Mary continues to intercede for each one of us today. Esther knew that Mordecai was a holy man. She knew that he was in relationship with their God. And that's why she trusted Mordecai, Mm -hmm. because he trusted God.
0: Yeah, the the two of them together, who knows if either plan would have been um, I guess Mordecai says later, if it's not you, it could be somebody else. But um, but you mentioned earlier that we have to surrender our will to his will, you know, to trust him. Mm -hmm, So mm -hmm. I think all of us want to be able to surrender to him. That's I think everyone probably listening wants to do that. But can you tell us the best way to do that?
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, um, again, not easy. But in order to surrender, you have to trust somebody. Hmm. But in order to trust them, you first have to know them, don't you? Yeah. I mean, really, to trust somebody, you have to know them. Well, one of the best ways to know God is by being in his word, as you are right now. Mm-hmm. Because the more you know him, the more you love him, and then you can't help but serve him just as Esther and Mordecai served him. The more you know who your God is, the more you're able to trust him. hmm the word of God is meant not just for knowledge, but it's meant to be transforming.
0: Okay. Pause there a second. Okay. Sorry to interrupt, but okay. just on the word of God is meant to be transforming. So talk a little bit about that. Right. of just, you know, cause I guess what you're saying is that as we study the Bible, we shouldn't be the same from when we began to when we ended. That's right. And That's it, right. and then we had just one scripture, one verse could be enough to transform us. That's right.
1: That's right. It, it, it's great to have knowledge mm-hmm. of, of the Bible, but that knowledge without wisdom is not going to transform you. You have to add wisdom to the knowledge, mm-hmm. and that's what's going to transform you. And that is what becomes our safe place. Mm-hmm. The, the word of God will change you. Mm. It'll change you. And the deeper you get into it, the more it'll change you. It's where you're going to find the truth and the courage to persevere. Mm -hmm. Also, by spending quiet time listening to him, you know, God's not silent. It's not a silent God. He's still trying to talk to us. The problem is we're not always listening. (laughs) He wants to spend time with us and he wants us to listen to him so he can lead and guide us to the truth so he can comfort us, so he can protect us during the difficult times in our life. And so by listening to him is our safe place. Mm -hmm. And I have found one of the best ways to listen to God is in adoration, before His true presence,
0: yeah, that's for me the same thing. It's uh, and it, you know, just you saying that, spending time listening to Him, and that He won't, He's not silent. He wants to spend time with us. He wants to talk right. to us. Right. All of that is such a, a beautiful image, and and we're just lots of times so busy running from one thing to the next. Um, to do, and we don't spend that time. So, you mentioned for you the adoration before His true presence. So, right. I know you've kind of seen the power of adoration, like literally yes. change lives in your life, because well, that's been a big ministry, a big devotion for you. For those who might be listening who are not familiar with Eucharistic adoration, will you kind of explain of just what it's done and sure, what sure. it is too?
1: Adoration um, before His true presence is when we go before our Lord in a chapel or in a church to worship him, to praise him, and to adore him in the Eucharist. Mm -hmm. Now on the altar is placed what is called a monstrance, and that contains the Eucharist, the body and blood of Jesus Christ. And he left us the Eucharist to help feed us spiritually on earth until we join him in heaven. Adoration is where we come face to face with Jesus. It's where we love Him, and we allow Him to love us. Mm. It's kind of like I call radiation therapy. (laughs) Um, You don't leave being the same person Mm -hmm. as you were when you walked into that chapel. I would highly recommend spending an hour with Him in adoration if you're not already doing so. It's a great place to start listening to His voice. Trusting Him is knowing that he is there for you working on your behalf to bless Mm -hmm. you whether you feel his presence or not he is always there esther must have trusted god to willingly marry a man probably twice her age if not more that she had only met once she was loved by everyone but most especially the king loved her he placed a crown He placed a crown on her head and named her queen in place of Vashti. As I said before, Esther was a godly person, and a godly person has a heart for God and is one who has surrendered their heart to him.
0: So a godly person has a heart for God and one who has surrendered their heart to him. Right. So I'm going to ask you a question, but before I do, can I just share one little story sure. about adoration? Just because sure. So I had the great pleasure recently of spending several hours in the adoration chapel and it was just my, me alone. So I did a lot of prayers and I went when I went. I went with the idea that I was going to ask him about this, that, and the other. But when I got there, I did, you know, the prayed the rosary and just sat and just, I just felt so happy. Like I could just felt, I was like, just smiling, Mm -hmm. Jesus. yay, You know, and I really could feel like, I don't know if you've ever had this, but you feel like your heart like literally gets bigger, Mm -hmm. you know, you just, Mm -hmm. you sense it. And I went out afterwards. I was just so thrilled and I went to my car and as I went to leave, this huge deer with the big antlers <laughs> comes like right in f- across from me, stops, oh. turns, looks at me right in the eyes. Oh my And gosh. it was, it was sort of like one of those little, um, God winks that, you know, just where God, I, uh, here I am a creature, you know, to my <laughs> creator, another <laughs> creature, different kind. Oh. Um, but it was like, almost like, Hmm, you know, hey. I, He noticed me, I noticed him, and I think, you I had so much joy coming out of there that even just my awareness Uh of, uh you know, just that I appreciated, I took it in uh, because I had let so many of my concerns and worries and anxieties or things I was planning, I just let it go when I was in the chapel and I, I came out and it was, it was clarity that I had. It was just yeah. a very beautiful. I just wanted to share that because that's awesome. I think all of us that's need awesome. those little God winks as the reminders God's there when Absolutely. He's working behind the scenes. Absolutely. So, Carrie, how do we live a godly life? That kind of sounds like a tall order. How do we yeah, live a godly yeah, life? Is.
1: Well, um, first, you, you can ask yourself the question: Is my life right now is my life God focused, or is it world focused?
0: Okay, stop there. So, God-focused or world-focused? World, world okay, focused explain that. World, yeah. I don't want to I want to lose that.
1: Well, where are your priorities? Mm-hmm. Where do you spend? What do you spend the most time? Where are your thoughts? Yeah, mm-hmm. think about what you do, what you say, um, what you surround yourself with. Mm-hmm. Are you focusing on God or are you focusing on the world? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's
0: important to ask that because otherwise we can slip away without even no it.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. In very subtle ways. Mm-hmm. I would venture to say that many of you listening today may already be trying to live a godly life, or you're at least on your way there. I don't think you'd be taking the time to listen to this podcast today, right? <laughs> right? So having the desire is the first step to being a godly person. Mm-hmm. I think God wants us to be godly uh, not so much in big, huge ways, but in little ways, mm-hmm. such as being patient with one another, um, especially in our families. Not judging people, uh, not criticizing people um, that don't look like us or, or think like us. Mm-hmm. Looking for the truth, even though it may not agree with your opinion. Agree. Yeah. I think that's very important, mm-hmm. and I believe He wants us to be joyful no matter what we're going through and to persevere through all circumstances, spending time with him and trying to think like him and see through his eyes. Mm -hmm. And that's why
0: getting in the word is so important because if we want to think like him, we need to know what he thinks. (laughs) That's right.
1: That's right. Yeah. And also I think what something that's very important is having a grateful heart Mm -hmm. and letting him know how grateful you are. I really like the ponder quote in the workbook excuse me by elizabeth george who's a christian author and she said if you want to live a godly life then choose to put the things into your mind that lead to living a godly life Mm. if you want to live a godly life then choose to put the things into your mind that lead to living a godly life so Mm -hmm. is what you read godly is what you watch godly Is what you listen to godly? The more godly things you do, the more godly you become. And godly people please God.
0: (laughs) Okay, Carrie, question on that one. So there might be people asking, how would I know if something I read is godly or watch is godly or listen? It sounds like again a little tall order so how how would you well, know
1: well i think one way is if jesus christ were sitting right there next to you would would you still be reading it oh there you go <laughs> <laughs> okay if, if you're watching something and he was sitting right next to you would you continue to watch it? Wow. You know? Okay.
0: Okay. So but that goes back to earlier when you said, remember, he's always beside you, even yeah, if you yeah, can't the- see him. <laughs> so now, if we just we're think right. about what we're doing exactly. and think if he would, that would be a good way to remember he's there. Exactly. And also kind of have a little check and to reduce those things. Because that exactly. that's a way we can truly impact our lives. Right. Like in the here and now.
1: Right. That's right. So go that's ahead. Yeah, go point, ahead. Good point. So, so I would suggest you take inventory to see if there's anything in your life right now that's not godly, mm-hmm. and if there is, get rid of it. Mm-hmm. If you have any ungodly books, yeah, movies, mm-hmm. magazines around, mm-hmm. get rid of it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, don't understand if your spouse or your children mm-hmm. don't appear to be particularly godly. I'm not suggesting you get rid of them, (laughs) but just keep praying and leave them to God. Mm -hmm. But that's a great visual, too, because I think the
0: inventory is so important um, to look in our homes, in our cars, just, you know, wherever we are, because some things can slip in. You know, someone could say, hey, read this book. And then when you get it, you're like, whoa, that's not a book. I don't think I'm going to do me much good reading, you know, whatever it might be. We do need to do that kind of intermittent inventory
1: yeah i remember one time going through my whole library and throwing away every book mm. that didn't have a positive message mm. that, and, and i'm not just talking about positive thinking but that wasn't christ or god related mm-hmm. or something that he wouldn't be pleased with me mm-hmm. reading
0: right because if you think about all the books and all the things you have that you could read about mm-hmm. jesus and about our faith um it, it's amazing how little we get to even touch of that. That's right. And so if we're wasting time doing things that maybe aren't, aren't, um, worthwhile and particularly you could go with, you know, whether it be TV or whatever we watching that isn't, right. isn't, um edifying us and our faith so other than being beautiful though go back to esther for a second why do you think the king found favor with esther or, or esther found favor with the king and it was she, he didn't pick one of the other virgins
1: that was presented Well, that's a him. good question um and it reminds me of a quote that i i read recently that said a godly person is someone who has an inward devotion for god that is outwardly displayed okay say that again a godly person is someone who has an inward devotion for god that is outwardly displayed mm-hmm. i like that i do too and i i think this is why she found favor with the king and why he was so pleased with her i don't think he just saw her physical beauty i think he also saw her inward beauty even though he didn't know why mm-hmm. He didn't know her God, mm-hmm. but he knew there was something beautiful inside. Mm-hmm. So who else can you think of had an inward devotion for God that was outwardly displayed? Mm-hmm. Mary. yep, Mary, the great, mother perfect. of Jesus. Mm-hmm. She certainly did. And that's probably why she was chosen to be his mother and our mother. Esther certainly had the gift of beauty and that combined with her humility is what won the heart of the pagan king. And we will see later how God uses Esther's position to bless Israel. Okay, so let's dial it back a second because we've been
0: talking a lot about Esther and the king. So what was going on with Mordecai during this time?
1: Well, after this big celebration, Mordecai spent a lot of time serving at the palace gate, which also helped him keep an eye on Esther. And while he was there, he became aware of a plot against the king. Mordecai overheard two of the royal eunuchs that were guarding the entrance to the palace. He heard them making plans to assassinate the king. So Mordecai went to Esther, told her about the plot, and told her to go to the king for him and warn the king about this plot to kill him. Because she trusted Mordecai, she did exactly what he told her to do. Once the king verified that the threat was actually true, the two eunuchs were hanged,
0: <laughs> so the plot is getting thicker and thicker by the moment. Right. Uh, so what happens to the two eunuchs uh, you know the um, what happens after
1: those those two eunuchs were hanged? Well, if you want to know what happens <laughs> next time, you'll have to listen to our podcast next time. <laughs> To learn how God continued to work behind the scenes by exposing the enemy within.
0: Okay, so you're going to leave me hanging I'm on gonna that. I'm going to leave you hanging with that. Okay, so that's fine. Yeah, and like the two eunuchs. <laughs> so I'm going to do this one little thing because we have a little bit of time here, and uh, Annie will keep us straight on that. And uh, with regard to this time, I wanted to have a little bit what we'll call um, a little fun time here. Proclaim my word unplugged. Okay. <laughs> so... This is me just as you going through some of those questions, um, and answers, uh, that we just went through, there were some things that came to me that I just want to throw out to okay. you and, okay. uh, you give your, um, kind of off the cuff, what you're thinking, uh, maybe not specific to the story, but just in your own personal mm-hmm. life. Um, so you mentioned early on that it's important to cry out to God, right? Tell right. me what that looks like real time.
1: Well, in real time, I think it's pretty darn literal. Mm-hmm. To actually cry out to him, begging him for help, mm-hmm. getting on our knees and, and telling him how much you need him. Mm-hmm. I think that's what he wants from us. He wants us to repent mm-hmm. whatever we've done wrong. And he wants us to cry out to him, to tell him how much we trust him, how much we need him. hmm
0: then going back to Joseph in the book of Genesis. So right. you, you said he's thrown in the well, left for dead. Luckily, his one brother, a lesson for all of us, at least have one sibling that likes you <laughs> enough to step up for you and uh, throws him in the well. And then we hear, you know, at the end of the story, he's, you know, uh, high up in the Pharaoh's, um, Pharaoh's command. So He didn't just go from the well to Pharaoh's command, though. He had a a really tough time. And what hit me is that could be very much the reason why we only see God's favor and hand in our lives in hindsight.
1: That's right. That's exactly. That's a great point. That's a great point. And what impressed me about Joseph is that um, you don't hear him throughout his whole ordeal complaining Mm -hmm. about, you know, woe is me. Why did this happen to me? He seems pretty upbeat and pretty. Um trustworthy. Mm-hmm. Now he doesn't know what God's plan is, mm-hmm. but he never gave up on God. Yeah, mm-hmm. And I think that's a, a message for us today. We don't know what God's plan is for us, mm-hmm. but we have to trust. Mm-hmm. And and also I think God is a God of surprises. Yes. I think God loves to surprise us. <laughs> I don't know about you but i like surprises too i mean happy ones yeah I good like good them. surprises I yeah, love. Yeah, yeah. i'm love. <laughs> i all in i think he he wants to surprise us with good things and mm-hmm. i think he's always got them uh coming our way coming so our way
0: another thing too was that what you mentioned is esther and mordecai um you we talked about they must have plans of their own when they their plans got disrupted right. with the with the happenings right. but there's another thing too is that they were and you mentioned this, but I just want to make sure the listeners get this. They were doing their best to lead pious lives. Right. And so that's a very action-oriented thing. It's not like you just sit around and wait till, you know, whatever God wants to do in your life. Right. They were still working forward with putting God focused and moving forward. And then God intervened in their life.
1: Right, right. I imagine that Esther probably had plans on marrying uh, another Jewish person. Mm -hmm. I'm sure she never dreamt she was going to be wed to a pagan, Mm -hmm. much less a king. Mm -hmm. Um, But she probably had plans of being married, having a family of her own, Mm -hmm. maybe moving back to Jerusalem. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But then God said, I've got another plan for you, Mm -hmm. a bigger plan. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Isn't that great though? Um, so, uh, in terms of anything that you would like to add, Carrie, um, for just, you, as you went through this and even just us having this conversation, anything else come to you that you would like to impart to the
1: listeners? Well, yes. I'd like to, to say, if you, if you want to be a godly person, be who God created you to be. Mm -hmm. And that's sort of the, the underlying theme throughout this whole study. Be who God created you to be. Think about the gifts that God has given you. We all, he's given all of us gifts, not the same ones necessarily or in the same amount, but we all have gifts. So think about the gifts he's giving you, giving you, and are you willing to use those gifts to bless other people? Mm. Are you willing to do whatever he asks you to do to bless other people? In mm-hmm. other words, how much do you trust him? hmm. So between now and next time, I'm going to ask you to think about how you see God working behind the scenes in your life or in the world.
0: Mm-hmm. So that so you're asking us to be attentive yeah, yeah, and pay right.
1: attention. Right. Yes. Just
0: um, so um, one other thing that I'm just going to before we get to the um, closing prayer until everyone knows they can um, join with us when we say it is uh, it will be in your workbook and the end of lesson one is the one that we're going to use. But I think um, when we look back and we think about um, Esther and Mordecai, mm-hmm. you probably one of the concerns I had beforehand is people would relate to Esther as a woman or Mordecai as a man. But I think there's so many common themes there that they were working for God and God was working in their life,
1: right? And they were both godly people. Mm -hmm. She was the heroine of this story Mm -hmm. and he's the hero of the story. Yeah, exactly,
0: exactly. So um, in terms of the prayer, we'll go to the closing prayer in the workbook at the end of lesson one. So in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, amen. Thank you, Lord, for choosing me to be your child. May I never forget that as long as you are with me, I will never fail. I pray, Father, that when you call me to do your will, I will have the courage to say yes, no matter what you ask of me. I desire to obey you in all things and to serve you by helping others, by helping bring others to you. Your grace has blessed me in too many ways to count, but I know that it is by your grace I have been saved. I love you, Lord, and my hope is in you. My King and my Redeemer, Jesus, I trust in you. Mm. So in terms of next time, so you definitely want to join uh, Carrie and me next time as we continue learning about God and his infinite wisdom and power and see how he works behind the scenes in Esther and Mordecai's lives to help save the people of Israel. And also to just be more present to how he's working behind the scenes in your life right now. So next week is lesson two. And I'm going to ask Carrie, is there anything you want to tell us about next week that you just want to say we got like um, just one minute? Anything you want to say?
1: Well, I think next week is going to be really important because it's uh, the title is Knowing the Enemy Within. And uh, that's about knowing who your human enemies are, but also who are your spiritual enemies.
0: That's great. So um, I guess in the meantime, then we could consider asking a friend or even an enemy, right? right, right. Even better. <laughs> even an enemy to join us in the Book of Esther podcast. And so to do that, send them to the Quest Atlanta website, your friends mm-hmm. or your enemies at com, Or if you go to the app, it's the Quest Atlanta app. And then you go to programs and you'll be able to get to the Proclaim My Word Bible study podcast. Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. um, what we want to leave today is we want to be aware Jesus is beside us. want to take an inventory, want to look to see what we have that maybe we need to purge from our life. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Don't throw out the children and the spouse. <laughs> we got all that you said before. And um, and then, up, Carrie, why don't you um, kind of close this out of, of- Okay,
1: until next time, we will be praying for you. Mm. We will be praying for you. Yes. So please pray for us, for this podcast. And let's all try to live a godly life by knowing his word, living his word, and proclaiming his word. Until next time, have a blessed life. Have a blessed week.
0: Thank you, Carrie. Thank you, everyone listening. Thank you very much.